What's up? Welcome to the Part-Time Rockstar Podcast, episode 39. Today with my friends Nick and Paul from Crashing Atlas. I've gotten to know them both a little through our mutual friend Felix Nieto, who uh, we mutually record with, and Felix is also a founding member of Crashing Atlas, and continues to produce their music. Paul actually drummed on my band's most recent recordings as well, and uh, he definitely does a great job. But anyway, we had a real long chat the other night over a few beers talking about their upcoming album, which should be out in the new year. Um, I've heard a few snippets behind the scenes so far, and it definitely kicks ass. If you're a fan of their previous work, you will not be disappointed. You can follow Crashing Atlas online to get updates on the new material. And they also just released a new music video in the meantime of a cover of More Than a Feeling by Boston. Other than that, thanks for listening uh, wherever you are, whether you're friends uh, or fans of the band. Uh, I should mention that Doug and Marina were not on this episode, but uh, their bandmates spoke very high praises of their work on the new project. Um, as always, if you happen to be in a band and have new music coming out, you can always feel free to hit me up when we do an episode. But uh, other than that, without further ado, Crashing Atlas. So I'm sitting here with Crashing Atlas, or more specifically, uh, with Paul and Nick from Crashing Atlas. Howdy. Uh, which is minus Marina and... Doug. Doug. Yep. Right. Yeah, so uh, me, and, me and Paul, we, we play with uh, Crashing Atlas. We've done like, I think it's cool that we're both on this episode because we've done so much session work together just and yeah. how many bands i don't know how many times we've been on the stage with the different bands i want to say it's less than 10 less than 10 but over six so yeah, it's like it's... yeah we, we definitely got some fun stories from mm. yeah the from thing, everything the thing i always say is like dc music yeah. maryland music whatever you want to say dmv music is just the most incestuous thing mm. it's like oh yeah it really is hey need a bass player yeah. have you met nick hey need <laughs> think, a guitar player have you met nick yeah. hey you need someone to wash your car have you met nick <laughs> i'm good at that yeah. i'm a triple threat you know um it, it, it's funny too i know because as especially because me and paul have been doing the cover scene for so long too um i know there's been certain times where paul will see ads with people looking for like a fill-in mm-hmm. a fill-in person and there's been like i can't remember the name of the band but i did like a fill-in gig and i had two days to learn three hours worth of music and yeah. it was just hopping on in and it's I think once you kind of get a reputation in the scene of being able to be one of those guys that you can just be call on can get on stage and be professional and sound good um, it's there, there's like a small network of those that get a lot of calls I know you've been in the same boat too yeah it's it's honestly like it's real easy to get a bad name and I guess just mm-hmm. like a lot but yeah. you put in the work and I don't know. I wouldn't know. Kind of have any bad bands. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nothing. I've ever. I've never touched anything bad. I've I mean, never, I've never had a bad show. Everything <laughs> I've ever, everything I've ever done just turns to gold immediately. I don't know. I was in a Guns N' Roses cover band. For, you played. You played Slash. I was right? Slash for a good That's little awesome. minute there. It was nice. a lot of fun. Yeah. So I know what you mean when you get a little momentum going. Yeah. The, the yep. ship starts sailing on People her own. Peace. Yep. Yeah. Oh yeah, it takes off. 
So yeah, I mean, yeah. playing Slash must have been pretty easy, though, right? Like, <laughs> uh, he's, he's just, just a couple pa- couple power chords and you're good. On the spectrum of like Inve Malmsteen to like I don't know Blink One Eighty Two, somewhere in the middle. <laughs> like, um, you can imagine it's a prime. The number. hardest part of that Slash thing was the damn wig because you eat, you eat all the hair. Yeah. Like, half the show that's one of the hardest parts like if you put it up in a ponytail or something you look weird so yeah, then you're not slash you're not slash you're, yeah i mean it's nice because like slash you could hide in the wig which is kind of like cool like you feel yeah. mysterious cool. or something but so we just yeah. uh you know you know we just released our cover video for uh our music video for, yeah, yeah for more yeah. than a feeling we all have these you know to the folks at home who haven't seen it we all these ridiculous gold outfits right and these yeah. And these wigs and fake mustaches. And I realized, like, very quickly that in order to keep this fake mustache on, I can't move my mouth or my face at all. So I'm so the entire, you know, 20, 30 takes that we did, sitting there for five hours shooting this thing, I'm rocking out, but I just have a flat affect the entire time. And Marina goes up to me the other day and she says, Paul, you kind of look like a Muppet. <laughs> and, I, and I looked closely and I'm like, you know what? I absolutely look like a Muppet. Well, I'm happy there, about this. There's always that one guy in every band who just <laughs> yeah. kind of stands there and just. Well, no, I'm try, like I'm trying to like be moving and stuff, but yeah. just the face is just. Marina had to put like some kind of special sticky something on so our mustaches wouldn't keep falling off because it's like we were trying to rock out and it's like I went through like four of them. We went through each like four mustaches a piece. Yeah. We had to make sure we kept putting the same ones back on for yeah. continuity. No, at one point I definitely put on your wig and I'm like, why isn't this fitting? Why doesn't this feel <laughs> right? That was an awesome music video, yeah. man. That was fun. Yeah, it, was, it was a lot of fun to do. A lot of fun. I'll definitely plug it here in the uh, episode or whatever. Hee-haw. Appreciate so, it. But yeah, I mean, I just feel like this album, I don't know when it's supposed to come out, if it has a tentative date or if you're going to do what the millennials do and release it like in singles or chunks. We've been talking about Or that. like how you're going to do um, it. But oh. I know it sounded like from what I know is... I don't know, the parts are there. And that's yeah, kind of the, like, the uh, bones and meat and most of the skin is still there on this on this beast of a... Uh, I, don't, see, I don't even know what to call it, like an EP or full album. It's eight, eight, eight tracks right now. And, uh, it does have a name. We're still we're still settling. We're going to do an announcement sometime in the near future. Yeah. I'm not going to commit on a certain date because we tend to sometimes go a little bit later on, on everything. Yeah. Just We want to make sure everything's done right. We, we have a goal, mm-hmm. but once again, we're not committing. We want to say, hopefully... Mid twenty twenty one. I gotta say, you guys are still kind of old school in a sense. You keep things like hush hush. Yeah. I feel like now the modern like philosophy is just everything like immediately just tease it out, like put it out there, like. I don't yeah, know. I, I've actually hated Man. when bands like I, I've seen it before where they'll like post a status that'll just say soon or <laughs> yeah. something like that. It's like, well, just tell us what's going on when you know. Well, it creates some mystery know. or you know yeah. a little bit of. Whatever. We're working on things though. We've got, you know, music videos in the works. Yeah, yeah we um, actually just uh, shot a music video back in early November for our, our first single, uh, which we actually just got the the very first mix back. Uh, we're working with uh, his name is Sam Sam Guara. Uh, he works Sam with... Guayana. Guayana. I think it's 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 like G U I A. There's like nine vowels in a row. If he has an Instagram handle, he's, he's phenomenal. He, he worked with but, um, on um, I think the song Inf- Infinite by Silverstein and a bunch yeah. of their other stuff. Mm-hmm. So he, he's definitely like a great great rock, you know, um, mixer. And everything we've heard back so far has just been sounding really fantastic. We're really yeah. excited for it. So we we just got to get the rest of the stuff kind of over to him and. I think once we have things maybe mixed and mastered, we'll have a better idea on the timeline yeah. and everything. But yeah. I, I don't yeah. think it'll be much, much, much longer to hear something new. 
Nice. I heard yeah. the video shot over at the Felix compound. Yeah. Sounded like. Yeah, it was. Hopefully, uh, it went smoothly. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, well, it went pretty smooth. I've also heard a little controversy surrounding the after shock of it all. Oh, yeah. Uh, we, but, all, we all got COVID. Yeah. That wasn't even the first part I was thinking of, so shit. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. yeah but you survived. That was a spreader event. Yeah. Super you know, it was, it was like a more the merrier kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. It, it, was, uh, it, it was fun kind of getting everything. It just kind of finally getting the music video done because you know what it's like when you're doing a lot of when you're, when you're doing any kind of like writing and you're going through the workflow that is releasing a song like how how long that is and the music video kind of sometimes feels like the light at the end of the tunnel a lot and to finally see that on an album that we started working on in I want to say March yeah it's probably when we started was really yeah. cool just to kind of see like a semi kind of finished product was neat yeah do you guys work out a full script for it, a full like storyline, or we were trying to just wing it and do it? We like, uh, like yes, yes, and no. A lot of it was there was like some wing it. There was some like you know we we want to do yeah. this. Um, we got some like we got some pretty cool shots though, and yeah. it's you, you've you've seen the you've seen that house. Well, it's it should be hopefully yeah. it should be a little you know a little a little creepy. Um, that is an extremely enigmatic house for sure, and uh, we could get into that. But I will say, like in general, your um, your music videos in the past have been awesome. So oh, yeah, you got the the Laurel Airport video. That was awesome. Um, <laughs> which was the cover of East West Side. Side. East Damn. Side. <laughs> <laughs> oh. East Side West Side. <laughs> it's close. But that that was sick, and uh, I think that one's crushing it on that. One, that one's been great. And uh, shout shout out to Luke. If if uh, any of you guys are frequent listeners of the podcast, you'll I'm sure Luke Luke's been on a couple episodes. Mm. Um, he did a fantastic job when it came to kind of. Um, he, he got like drone footage and stuff and I think one of the coolest things about it uh, when we were filming and actually getting all the drone footage was how kind of close it is to your head and how loud drones actually are when they have like a nice camera mounted to them yeah. and it would just like zoom right by <laughs> That's and funny. it was like it's like how close is this to you know trying to rock yeah. out it was also I think we filmed it in like a July or August or something I want to say so it was definitely muggy out and yeah. that Laurel Airport was no, I mean it's a great spot to shoot on that airport. We used, uh, we used to joke around, like, what if, like, an airplane just landed? I know. The I know like, oh, it's, closed. it's been shut down for so long. It'd be though, funny, like, like it, you're, you're rocking out, and it's, like, that YouTube yeah. music video or whatever, where the airplane just comes. Before they built the fence, it used to be basically a drag strip for all intents and purposes. It's yeah. pretty cool. So <laughs> there was a period there between it being an airport and it being a drag strip, I guess. <laughs> we hit the sweet uh, spot. Now it's yeah, a music yeah. video spot. Exactly. <laughs> that was a really so, fun video to do. Yeah, that one came out great. And then uh, probably the first thing I ever saw you guys do was the um, Savage ones. Or Savage video, I'm sorry. Um, so, fun fact, me savages, and Nick were savage. not... Savages. Uh, not the rapper. Yeah. But, <laughs> <laughs> but no, that was a sick video. I know maybe that goes back to the old school. Yeah. As yeah, far as you guys was, have... Yeah, that was before me and Nick joined the band. Three, over three years ago? Oh, I so neither say. of you were Yeah, in the band. that was... I, I So I joined and that was before our EP release. So yeah. who the hell is left over the only, from the band? The only person <laughs> left is uh, is Doug. And really, really? Yeah. yeah. So Doug is the like the founding member. Yep. Well, I think I think Doug and uh, I think Doug one. Felix and and I Chris. Say, yeah, I yeah. think Felix. that they I think they all started together, but Doug's the only guy left. Yeah, and I, I mean Felix is kind of like an unofficial kind of. I was gonna say Felix like, is definitely gonna listen to this. So what's up, Parker? What up, Fifi? But um, anyway, 
Like, I think it's funny what Felix has kind of become. It's like the producer guru, like behind the scenes. Oh, yeah, he's excellent. And you know know what? He's also, uh, to those at home who haven't met him, you should check out this guy's feet. (laughs) Dude has toes longer than than a a freaking... Yeah. I don't know. I think it's like the lack. Yeah, we call them feet licks for a reason. <laughs> I think it's like the lack of sunlight, like in the studio, just yep. makes his toes grow for some reason. Also, random does know uh, Felix. Felix has a great studio. It's called, it's Vanta- I think he called Vantage, Vantage Vantage Studios. Yeah. It's got a name now. I think so. Shit, I didn't he's know killing that. his studios. Yeah. His oh, studios oh, yeah. really nice, gorgeous. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So shout out to Vantage Studios. Apparently, yeah. I think that's it. I hope I got Recently, right. Chris and I don't know. I just call it Felix Compound. The Felix point. Compound. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so funny that uh, the building, like, is half of it where, where Felix built his compound. It used to be the old crashing out. It was, like, rehearsal spot when it was just that. Yeah. It was, like, an airline bunker thing. Mm-hmm. And I remember us, like, practicing in there. And we actually even shot a slang music video in there back when I was I was playing with yeah. the slang. And it was just, like, it used to get so cold or so hot. And yeah. Well, climate controlled yet, but it's kind of cool seeing an area we spent so long like rehearsing in multiple nights a week turn into like this brand new building. It's a really cool. Yeah. I I will say the creating creating an album, the amount of shows we play, doing cover stuff, and every other filling gig, it is enough to make your hair fall out. Yeah, yeah. Oh it's, come it's, on. It, it, it is. It is. It, it has its stresses. But it has its stresses, but it, but <laughs> it's, it's the best. Thing. It's, the it's best not thing a real job. <laughs> It's not. It's a, it's, not a, a, it's a part-time. We are not. Hey, get it? Like, yeah, we're not digging gravel and, you know, yeah. freaking building roads. and. Do people dig gravel? Is that, oh, that sounds yeah, cool. I don't know. I feel like I'd be really bad. I was bad trying to think of some construction Break, reference. Breaking our backs. Which shows how little I know. But. Shoveling grass. <laughs> I think a lot of stuff is uh, used with machines, but what do I know? Yeah, exactly. Jack, Jackhammers? That stuff looks cool. Paul's giving uh, agriculture advice now. Yeah. It makes me think maybe I should start my own podcast about agriculture Dude, and medical advice. Everyone should at this point. From someone just completely like, unqualified. Professor Paul? It's kind of like bro science. What's we, it? Unqualified well, looking advice? Well, you could advice. be a reoccurring you like, guest. Um, you could have your own little segment. For a while, my brother was doing fake commercials for the <laughs> podcast. And he had to slip him in there. You know, think, who the, you know who does really good like fake commercials? Yeah. He's, no, ask he, him to show he's sworn this he's off. He's so funny. And I will have to bleep his name. But like he's literally sworn like this stuff off. He's like, I wish I never did that. <laughs> so that's what you're up against, basically. Right. Um, well, you know, now you're part of the alumni, right? The, the part-time rock star alumni Feels or whatever. Good. Feels good. So anytime you need to talk a little shit or promote a little, you can get it out there on the internet there for you free. Go. Yeah, we're, 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 we'll live as long as it does. <laughs> so. But yeah, I mean, your new stuff sounded really sick. Thanks, um, man. I think, you know, in particular, Marina is just a phenomenal vocalist. She's yes. insane. So She's insane. She's got that yeah. right level of all the things you need as a vocalist, like tone and, and a presence to your voice. But, you know, ultimately, what the thing that people remember is the attitude or, like, the, the sort of inconsistencies that yeah. make something unique and well, special. Something I always thought so. was funny is I think she got a rap for a while, like oh she's a pop singer, but like he, and just because we've done so many even like cover gigs with her before, she's got an extremely versatile voice. Yeah, she can cover everything from like she she can get pretty rocking. And on the new album, there's some parts where she gets pretty pretty gritty. Yeah, you know, and I think it just shows a lot of dynamics in her voice and how flexible of a singer she is to kind of hop into any kind of song. And I, I I'll say this yeah. new this new music as a whole we. 
it, it we, we have stuff that's more pop than it's ever been and we have stuff that's way more harder rock than it's ever been so we're yeah. covering a lot more ground uh, sonically and she and she's been like a chameleon just able to hop into kind of whatever weird stuff us as instrumentalists throw at her yeah her, uh, her ability to well one like her her vocal control just the ability yeah. to you know, hit a note and land on the note you know that's one thing but like in the studio um she can write lyrics super quick mm-hmm. she can create like we we all have all, all of us you know all five including felix all have the you know ability to write like a vocal melody yeah. but she's just faster she's just Fair she's enough. just been doing it for so long Quick she told me she's been yep. she, yeah she's told me she's been you know like writing lyrics and um i don't remember i think it was since she was like seven or 11 or something just for a long yeah. time and like it's i asked her i'm like is this like is it like a muscle that you you know you can you know, train, and she's like, yeah, I think it is. It's that you, you kind of just develop, and now it's second nature. Yeah, I feel like, you know, as much as the studio stuff's impressive, because, you know, we can all have a great take occasionally, yeah. fly out of us. Like, when uh, you guys played as the cover band, or run for cover, mm-hmm. at the at the party, like, mm-hmm. damn. Spot like, on. She was yeah, killing it, right? She didn't sound really that much different than uh, recording, in a way. And this know? was, was like, like, and we... You know, didn't even know for sure we were playing. Yeah, we didn't rehearse. We hadn't played it. in just, yeah. We didn't play in months. So like, I have <laughs> to give. Yeah, I have to give you guys, Crashing Atlas, Run for Cover, whatever you want to call yourselves, a uh, tremendous amount of credit. Because for anyone out there listening, uh, you know, if I throw these parties <laughs> or whatever, and you show up as a band, basically after I've told you no, <laughs> but as a full band ready to play. You have a spot. <laughs> like, yeah, no, I like that. If you want to do something again, I mean, like I'm, sh- yeah, and you want to play a little longer or a little what, shorter. What I, what I think helped too, and it's I think kind of goes back to even why I, I think we've gotten as tight as we are as musicians is is uh, so we, we we do the original stuff in Crashing Alice, but even with the cover band, we we were out there well three hours a night. You know, we've done three nights in a row. Oh, yeah, so you that's, guys are that's pro. nine hours you of guys live performance in a weekend, and it's, yeah, no, you, I... you just you get it down and. and Playing over fifty something songs, you know, three nights in a row. It's, yeah, it's, it's a, that's it's a why marathon, I don't have. Man. I don't have any hesitancy to let you guys play, you know, sight yeah. unseen or whatever. Yeah, no, we're. Uh, you kind of learn to work with each other too, and um, it, it's. Like at first, you know, your first couple times on stage, it's like, all right, or thinking ahead, like, all right, what song's coming next? No, there's, after, you know, a year plus of it, it's just. We just go. Like, I mean, yeah, like, should we rehearse more? Probably. No, you guys but, like, sound great, we, man. It's rock the, and roll. Like, you just kind of, we can just go and have a great time. And you can focus more on, like, having fun, like, showmanship at that part, at that point, instead of, like, yeah. you know, just having to nail your part, because, you know, we've done each song 6,000 times, so. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we, we got to a point back during, i say last year, because March this year, everything just kind of stopped, mm. where we were, it was pretty much once, twice every weekend, and I think we did over... 60 I, th- I think i did 60 something shows last year as a whole i'm sure you were in the ballpark yeah up there um because there's shows that we're doing with run for cover and crashing Alice, and then there's yeah. just other like a hundred million other side gigs that we have on top of it it's just yeah. yeah i mean like one of my little small soap boxes i feel like among people i know and sometimes they don't play out a ton <laughs> and i'm just like guys musicians play yeah yep. like i personally my philosophy is like i i'll play in a cover band i'll play in an original band i'll play on a street corner whatever the more the better yeah yeah you just gotta kind of get the momentum going it creates some inertia 
you start. Well, they say like the iron sharpens the iron. It's like what's good, you know. The more cover gigs we do, benefit us on the original stuff. Oh and yeah. Vice versa too. Yeah, I mean the confidence. You know, it's you know, like there's no substitute just for hours on stage. When you yeah. look at it at the end of the day, whether it's doing whatever kind of music you're doing, hours on stage is hours on stage, and that's experience that's invaluable, especially when things go wrong and when you. I think we clocked in at I think over. 150 hours or 170 hours on stage last year when mm-hmm. I said last year 2019 <laughs> yeah. it's like it's so funny it, anything that can go wrong we, yeah. we've seen and we've gotten very good at thinking of one ways to make sure it never happens yeah. again and fail over and it's so funny you just said that because I was about to tie in like the analogy of like when you're a pilot Yep. You log your flight hours. Yep. Yeah. I mean, it's basically it's a great the, the you same do it in, thing. Like, right? Surgeons log their hours in the OR, yeah. too. It's, right. it's, yeah, and it doesn't to, matter you know. what kind of plane you're yeah, flying, <laughs> whether it's the crashing Atlas jet or the um, yeah. recover prop plane. <laughs> you know, you, you get that uh, the feel for it all. Yeah, and, it's, uh, it's, and it's, they're, they're, it's different types of shows, too, which is, which is cool. And then even, I, I still think I've gotten the most challenge doing filling gigs. Um, yeah. It is always the most challenging. Because oh, you're, sure. you're coming into a band that you've, not, like, one of the shows, I had zero rehearsals going in. It was just, here's the date, here's, here's a 50-song set list. I think I have the keys right on everything, show up and play. And sometimes when we're getting there, and I, I like I said, I'll, I'll say, okay, I'm ready on all these songs and ask any questions. Like, oh, I forgot to tell you, we played this in this different key. And being yeah. able to kind of flex on the fly and mm-hmm. just kind of adapt to what's happening is is, is pretty no, it's it's awesome. pretty vital to be able to do that and I think that it helps especially think, everywhere yeah I think it's commendable to try and do that I think people should scary if you have, a, if you have a chance the number the number of times that well, I've I mean, been playing and then like some like with a band that I've never played with or maybe once before they go oh hey we're gonna play the song do you know it sometimes yeah but it's like no the answer is no but just start it and we'll make it through. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I got to give you a personal compliment, Paul, in the sense of, I mean, I, I gave him like some demos uh, for my project um, and you came in and just crushed that. Thank you. I mean. Appreciate it. Uh, <laughs> like studio wise, live wise. I mean, you got a, you got some game there, man. Hey, man. For sure. Taco Bell so, for life. Hell yeah. <laughs> hell yeah. <laughs> no, dude, it was, it was a lot of fun. Um, Looking forward to the Saturday too. Yeah, and then uh, recording a music video Saturday at Felix Place. Oh, nice. You know? Yeah, where where yeah. where are you doing in the indoor studio room? Yeah, we're gonna nice. do the band shots there, nice. and then uh, there's a little art space. Funny story, we were doing a we did a video with the Slang once, um, just to how small the world is. Paul and I like oh Paul Paul did a couple like fill in music videos, yeah. uh, and I, I used to play with the Slang for a couple of years, and John and I are, are, are good friends. And uh, we shot a video for that Is It Any, which is at that house in Laurel. I don't think that was a house. That was more like a... It was kind of like a construction it was like an ab- It was like an abandoned... abandoned I, it was something. Yeah. No, and, uh, yeah, it was, it was something weird. It was funny. So we, we tried to get as many takes as we could as early. And eventually the cops ended up getting called. And we had to, like, wrap up as many takes we as had, we could. We had, two, we had, like, two takes left. And the mm-hmm. cops, like, came... It was, like... We were basically new. We knew we'd be good to go to, like, 10.30 or whatever. Yeah. Or 10. And then it's, like like eight minutes after that or whatever and then a cop just kind of like walks up the stairs and we're like all right we have two takes left uh, i guess we're not doing those music yeah. video looks good though so hey, music, that's all that matters lo- location wise music videos i think that's always kind of been the challenging thing and when we did our our recent music video especially during covid it's extremely difficult to find locations that are one can accommodate 
live drums because oh, yeah. you know and two yeah so normally it's like okay we want to go somewhere out in the middle of nowhere you also make sure you have electricity because you got to make sure something's powering the clicks so everyone yeah. so so everything lines up when you when you splice the different angles together click the lights the lights the whatever the whatever you need electricity yeah. for yeah so it's like trying to find a good spot extremely difficult no it's a pain in the ass man yeah. like speaking of lighting by the way if you haven't considered it or whoever's doing the shoot it doesn't mm -hmm. have it make sure you've got extra lighting because that yeah, was yeah. our that was our biggest challenge with the more than a feeling cover right. we we the guy who i brought in to shoot the video mm. he happened to have some lighting some lighting with him nick yeah. had not have some but even with them plus the like built-in lights in the studio it's still like if you look close well, at the video it's that's a little good dark, you know? i'll give him a heads up get a like you can't go overboard it's with Ian, the lights i don't know in i don't Ian know Bell? Ian Bell or I've never met the dude. I probably to him probably Ian Bell. We've 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 worked. Friend of Felix. Yes, it's so. Ian Bell. Ian yeah. Bell. Yeah. Okay. yeah, I'm assuming it is. If, if, if it's nice tell, tell him, tell me so. He did our. He did the. He's done photo shoots for Crashing Owls and Run for Cover before. Yeah, uh, and he did one of my buddies in Set for Tomorrow's music video, and it turned out fantastic. Mm. Like he, he yeah. he's a really stand up. Guy. Yeah, I'm not worried about his quality of work, he's, he's whatever. Dope. Like he's got Fun some dude cool videos. Too. Yeah, yeah. So. yeah. I like Ian a lot. Just maybe shoot him a text, be like, hey. Are we good on lighting or not? <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean, Felix obviously knows about it, so yeah. you should have a clue. But uh, yeah, he, he, he's good yeah. people. Yeah. So I don't know. It'll work out. Yeah. Um. So, so, yeah. so are we wearing all orange, bright orange for the shoot? It's <laughs> hoping bright orange because that's all I really have. Is it in prison? I have like a Goku costume from when I was, you know, in college. I mean, I thought we were just gonna do a Blink One Eighty Two style and everyone wear socks. Uh, yeah, just just socks. So just, just a so, sock. So no to Goku. One sock in particular. Yeah. <laughs> and you get to choose where you wear it. Yeah, <laughs> dealer's choice. I, I'm sorry if I didn't mention that in the, uh, the initial okay. group chat, but can the sock be orange? Yeah, pop a Viagra before it too, just to I, I have some extra. It's extra. what I do before every music video <laughs> shoot. It's winter time too, so I have some extra small socks for people. That's good. Um, that's really, that's really <laughs> good. Yeah, if you can actually just like like. You know, if you have a spare set of gloves, just cut off one of the fingers for Paul. Yeah, maybe that might. That, that sounds might, like an experienced man yeah, there. I think, uh, he, yeah. he might know something he about knows, this. He knows what yeah. he's talking about. Yeah. Hey, it gets cold, man. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll keep that out of the, the dating app advice or whatever <laughs> on this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully, your profile's not too prominent. Ah, you, know, you know, you take it and leave it, you know. Let's roll with the punches. I mean, you know all those like YouTubers that like just sit in front of like a camera that shows their like you know chest up. Yeah. I mean, I've been told that they all pop Viagra too. So yeah, I think it's. But well, also, it's normal. also good for good for your blood pressure. Yeah, I think it's good if you're going to get on camera. Not pop, on pop YouTube up. though. I don't know. Get extra energized. Yeah. I guess to talk to everyone on the internet. I guess I've been doing it wrong. <laughs> Maybe I don't know. Yeah. All right, back to the album. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a rapper. <laughs> I'm not a rapper. Everybody has, like, you know, a song that they felt like they kicked ass on. So it's time for, you know, a little self-ego stroke. Like, uh, do you want to stroke first? Or do you, who, who do you want to stroke first? <laughs> <laughs> that's, like, mean, that's, uh, that's a good question. Or you can uh, commend a, a bandmate and say they kicked ass on a certain song. You know? Yeah, so we were, we were talking about this on the ride over. and I'll, I'll, there, There's a song... Have we have we talked about what the name is? No, I don't think so. Yet. It's as of now untitled, but apparently you guys yeah. don't do names yet. We, have, we have a name. We have so. a name for a song. <laughs> we'll and, figure. Uh, it out. I, I, no, we could we could say the name of the song. No, maybe I don't know. If you want. 
there's a song that Nick did some like pre-production for, yeah. and it involves this like piano and this other piano and some more piano and the, all this crazy software, and it is the most fantastic thing. You hear it, and like within like one second, you're like, oh, this is gonna be a sick song. It's one's yeah. like really quickly just from the intro. You hear this like, you know, like kind of. You think it might be the, like the intro to maybe even like an EDM song or some some mm. like trance song, but then all of a sudden, intro leaves and then, boom, yeah, hits you and kicks you in the teeth with some killer drums, killer guitar, and You're that right. one. I mean, everyone has their every single person, all four, all five of us had input on every single song, but and that one almost like, almost every instrument too. Yeah, like, nice. Every, everyone's a, a multi instrumentalist, which is dope. Yeah, uh, and every, pretty much everyone knows how to do some level of production, like. Yeah. Um, and after after we talk about this, we'll get into like how we wrote the album during COVID, which was intense, writing it all apart in different states. Uh, I'd say some of my my favorite memories on it was since Paul stroked me, I'm gonna stroke him next. Um, and I just want to I want to stroke everyone because I think good thing did I a popped, great job. Good thing I popped up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think so. So there's one song whose wor- the working name was uh was called was called Side Stick. And ironically, there's no side stick in it. We 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 tweak so, some stuff. So, also, the drummers at home called a cross stick. Mm. Yeah. Okay, that's what. To he normal. Yeah. So we yeah. we just it was its working title was side stick, and mm-hmm. we used to pick working titles that were just kind of really open ended because uh, during the writing process when we come up with an idea, we don't want to like influence the lyrical or content direction with the working title as instrumentalists. We kind of want Marina and or whoever's doing stuff with with the lyrics to kind of have an open canvas on it because if you know if we write a demo called like you know hammer punch and face it's gonna <laughs> you're gonna want to write something aggressive maybe yeah. you know uh so i think there there was this one song um song sizek paul actually came up with a, a good chunk of the main tag on it which was really neat um yeah and it was just like we, we kind of had like a general idea together and paul's like oh what if we do a ba 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 you know or and it well, kind of tied the whole thing together which was neat it's like a really you know it's just like you know really key part of the chorus that kind of ties it all together and we were just like how we, we kept getting like 90 percent of the way there but the last few seconds of the course like wait how do we do this and i'm thinking of things in my head and i kind of like sheepishly i'm like hey you know i i kind of an i have an idea it's, it's okay if you guys want to shut it down or i don't know if it's that good and i like kind of i either like play it on the p on like my keyboard on like this little like keyboard app i have on my phone playing yeah. piano on my phone or i like sing it out loud i don't know and i'm like i don't know it's stupid. like wait paul that's really good and then nick takes my idea so there was like kind of i guess like uh, like two parts to it he goes wait paul i'd like that but switch them put the first mm. part in the second position oh, and, yeah. and so forth and then i'm like and I'm like, ah, I don't know, Nick. I don't know. I, I think I like my way better. Then we actually tried it. I'm like, all right, you win, Nick. And, it, um, and to stroke, stroke the members who are not here with us, I think uh, Marina, Marina. it's hard to give her specifically one area where I think she really just kicked butt. But I'd say on the same song, Side Six, she came up with this really good pre-chorus just out of nowhere. Yeah. And so one of the things she did, which was interesting writing-wise, is she would just kind of like, you guys just talk, like, she, she'd give us like the subject matter of the song. Be like, are right, you just kind of talk about what you're feeling with it and... You know, uh, me, Paul, and Doug would just kind of have a discussion, yeah, so complaining just, about like, it, and she would just kind of like fish out, synthesize maybe it, things, and basically. she would kind of like take the vibe in the room and say, I-, "I like maybe that word he said, and maybe that over there," and she just comes up with this really elegant, catchy melodies on it with lyrics, and it's and and lyrics that are like actually cool to listen to. Like, I'm not really much of a lyric guy. I for whatever reason maybe just playing the drums or maybe because I'm dumb. I really love lyrics personally. I and I have like the inability to hear lyrics. 
That's my problem. You are a drummer. It's, it, well, it's Death either because I'm a drummer now. or I'm you just, just feel or maybe I'm just a little <laughs> dumb. Maybe I'm a little dumb. But I actually like read these lyrics and I'm like, these are cool. Yeah, like um, shit. Doug like, had a cool idea too. Um, one of the songs in one of the bridges has this almost kind of like marching guitar kind of part on it that was like very kind of like not breakdowny, but it was like real, real tight on there. And I remember Doug had that idea, which was fantastic, and it kind of like changed how we did the bridge in that song. I. I'll say for in the, the Crashing Atlas writing process, everyone's extremely strong on every instrument. It's not like it was drums day and Paul went in and we all went and kicked yeah. rocks outside. <laughs> we were always all involved in every single yeah. instrument. Everyone had ideas for everyone's instrument. And even looking back on it, it's it's kind of hard to remember like who came up with what at certain points. I mean, all we know is like it kind of just the whole record feels like us. Nothing would have like it just wouldn't have. I mean, obviously it wouldn't have been the same if like one person wasn't in the room, but. Like, every song is what it is because every single person had their input. Yeah. Like, you know, I mean, you could have so, technically wrote it, like, without me. Uh, but, it's, but obviously it would be trash without me. Uh, <laughs> no. I mean, dude, you might not be talking that much shit, man. I'm serious. Like, you got you got some game when it comes to that studio stuff. But um, there's a story, I guess, where Felix was telling me that uh, I think shines a lot of positive light on Marina, maybe, where, like, I don't know, you guys, um, it was late at night or something, maybe midnight in particular. Midnight. And, uh, midnight. I guess uh, there was a song that she was struggling with maybe earlier in the day and then just came in and knocked it out. And um, that's the song I'm most familiar with, although. I do understand it may not have a title as of yet. Yeah, but um, I'm trying to remember what I heard one. the isolated like vocal take that she did for that. And I was like, damn, that's like some Cobain. Girls got pipes. We yeah, we've... but it's like Cobain level feeling. It's not just the pipes. I got you. If you know what got I some mean, emotion. like yeah, it's not yeah. just the notes. It's how you play the notes. Yeah, yeah, and then uh, if sure. your personality or a little bit of attitude can shine through i mean that's, that, i think i think it's easy you know. to kind of as a whole just kind of get normal just clean on pitch lyrics for, for, for yeah, a lot of bands if you train to, to really you can get, do it to really get like that kind of grit and feeling in it is that's is, is different super special like bob dylan and Mick jagger some of the worst singers maybe <laughs> technically <Hot take. laughs> technically speaking i'm comfortable saying yeah. that on a microphone but like you know it's not the technicality or the whatever you want to call it sometimes it's like it's that x factor yeah it's that just, just that person little, has the a, little yeah. idiosyncrasies like the little things that make it unique mm-hmm. you know yeah come through and uh, I think that's she's gonna make this record kick a lot of ass oh yeah uh, I, I, I think it's gonna be great it's, it's like I mean there's so there's like plenty of like you know plenty of these people with um, you know like master's degrees in vocal performance and, right, and right. all of them are of course all of them sound yeah but it's Um, like and some of them might might be great in a band but it's like i'd probably choose marina you know nine times out of out of ten against you know almost like all of them you need that that x factor or whatever yeah i've I've taken a lesson or two from like an opera singer before and you know he's as good as anybody explaining freaking how to sing but yeah you know he'll tell you straight up just sometimes it it's not like uh formal thing it's just some people have it or that it's like a combination of desire talent 
And, yeah, you bring uh, up like the Cobain thing, and you, you know, look and say, I, I doubt he was in taking singing lessons or something. So I actually I, I like like you're saying if you bring up like artists that maybe not have the perfect voice. I tend, mm-hmm. I, I personally tend to really gravitate towards those artists because I think part of what makes music music is the human element, and I think if right. you just pitch correct everything all the way right. and you quantize everything, and it just it stops it stops sounding like a piece of you know human work, and it just starts to sound like something built by a computer. Yeah. And I, I tend to gravitate towards bands that they they kind of lean into the what some people would call flaws and in, in right. whether it's their playing or their voice, and I think that stuff really makes songs pop and gives them character. Because there's a million artists out there just cranking out pitch corrected, you know, mm-hmm. super generic pop stuff. But I think when when you can get like an artist that kind of leans into what makes them special and and what their strengths are versus trying to just make everything super polished, you you get yeah. a good product. I mean, are you trying to say something against Tom and Mark? Yeah. Oh, from the, the greatest genius vocalists of our generation. I mean, anyone that can write a doll, uh, a song about sodomizing a dog. Uh, that's a yeah. uh, that's a that's an artist. They uh, they made their bones, man. Uh, they, they did. They um, set a vision. I may have even subconsciously drove the conversation to these two points, but like, um, I recorded an, a Nirvana cover that I oh, intended yeah? to sing nice. for uh, my last EP, and um, so far I haven't really. I, I found out I can't do Cobain. Like, is I this thought. the one that I was drumming? For? Yeah, exactly. I was thinking like if Marina wanted to give a shot at that, I've had a couple people try it. And I'm not sure who I'm sold on, but I thought it'd be cool to get a female take on that. Yeah, I mean, if there's so, a if there's a singer to work with, I'd you know, I told I'm, Felix, I'm biased, so I but like, I'd recommend if her. she's in there doing work with you guys and wants to, you know, mm-hmm. take a stab at that one. I feel like it could be really cool. Oh yeah, be a little collaborative track. You know, those are always good. You gotta, I, I think, um, I, I love cool guest spots and stuff like that on songs. Make yeah. some pop. So anyway, I guess that was one topic I figured to bring up, but uh, nice. Only reason that I was able to, so I remember when we recorded that one, I, Felix told me ahead of time, I was like, hey, I think, I think uh, Brett might want to do like a Nirvana one beforehand. I'm like, okay, so this is one that I'm going to have to probably like learn and be a little more spot on. And then I went, I remembered, I have my Nirvana drum book from when I was like 12. Yeah. And I pulled that out <laughs> as the song. Perfect. I think it was like yeah. two takes, three takes, done. 15 minutes. Yeah. Fastest yeah. recording job I've ever done. Yeah. And then yeah. all, all of your all of your tracks, the originals, those ones are harder because yeah. I'm like, oh shit, we gotta yeah, learn like, the song. Actually. I gotta like learn. I gotta get like more creative instead of reading that. This is telling me exactly what I have to play. Yeah, I mean, I guess if it's not too pedantic to use fancy words, I think adroit is like your. It's a good fancy word. Your kind of. I have no uh, idea what that word means. That's the way I would describe a drumming man. <laughs> Do I know what it means? It means really bad. Do I know what it means? No. It Do you means, know what it means? No. It but describe like your drumming. being grinded in a witch. There's a the table. No, man. I had a lot of fun recording that day. Yeah, we could do it all again maybe one time. Oh, yeah, man. But, um, so, yeah. We got down kind of... Best tracks, highlights, lowlights, maybe. Or actually, I don't know if we got to lowlights. Maybe like a band struggle where there was an argument about a song where somebody right. had to lay the law down. I got this one. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That Nick guy. So we have, a, we have a song right now. It has a temporary uh, song title as well. We'll just call it temporary for now. Um, 
We wrote a demo. All right, so we wrote a demo for this one. Yeah. And um, there's this one part before, like, you know, a lot of common song structure, you know, like intro, verse one, chorus one, verse two, chorus two, then maybe like a bridge or a guitar solo or whatever. Yeah. And then a final chorus. Maybe something that like builds up into the final chorus. So my genius brain sees a big gap of space mm. and thinks massive drum fill. <laughs> it, yeah. Like like yeah. like explosion yeah. drum fill. And That's I play it do. and it was and it was the coolest thing. It was like like yeah. this this fucking thirty second note, sixteenth uh, triplet fill. You know, across all the drums, and I'm I'm ready. I, I'm walking into the suit. I'm like, this is gonna be super cool, and I do it. And everyone's like, nope, nope, <laughs> can't have that, can't have that. And all I had to say is, I love my team. I love Nick. We go back. I love Marina. I love Doug. I love Felix. But those cats are, they are some. They are some fun suckers. That's what they are. <laughs> <laughs> Just suck the life uh, right out of the recording. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna do it live. I'm gonna. Yeah. Don't, don't tell us. Just do it. Just... <laughs> spoiler alert. We'll turn around spoiler alert. It's coming. So <laughs> I can't think if there's any... I, I think we did a really good job, but there wasn't any like massive blow-ups on stuff. I think it was more just... Yeah, there's nothing. Every single one of us likes a different type of music, you know, on for everything from way pop to like super hardcore to like alt rock yeah. and everything. And it's trying to get four people and our, our kind of motto going into it was like if we could find something that all of us like that means it's good like across mm-hmm. all this so i think it was trying to kind of put all egos aside and saying like well, what, what do we think is going to serve the song best i think the biggest struggle we might have had was there's be sometimes where we'd say okay we, we'd set a goal we're going to work on song song three tonight and we'd sit down and after we would just put the chorus on loop and we just listen to it for what, like three hours and we just wouldn't it would just not was, that night it just wasn't clicking and you know but it's ironic the next night we'd come in and within the first 15 minutes we kind of get to it and there was definitely some nights where just we were kind of sitting and just like banging our heads against this thing and trying to find out like okay what's what what can we put here and it was just literally hours of everyone's kind of sitting there like humming melodies and I, I think we definitely threw away tons of what I thought were probably good melodies but I think what we ended up with was I think some some great stuff just out of throwing so much shit at the wall yeah and I, I like big shout out to um our band member doug here um you know one of the things is like maybe i'm impressed a little too easily but you know we walk in with these demos and i'm like this sounds pretty good like this this could be solid and then doug's like no like i mean it's cool but it, this is just it's, it's not gonna work it's not it's just not good enough and i'm like what, what do you mean like this is, this is pretty sick and he's like dude it's just trust me on this and then I'm like, all right, like, I guess I'll trust you, like, not yeah. trusting him at all as I say that, but, and then, and then, you know, three, four hours later, we've, we'll, you know, we start back over, we write something different, and all of a sudden, I'm hearing this, I'm like, okay, all right, you were, you were, you were right there, like, this, this does sound way better, and, um, you know, a lot of the frustrations probably were just us having good ideas, but we want them, yeah. you know, we want to be sick. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think I think we're ever uh, we came out of it all together. I remember the very last day we popped a big bottle of champagne. And everyone was just happy with everything we had, and it it took weeks. Like it was it was a long writing process getting everything like absolutely right. And it we'd was, sit there for twelve hours a day. Yeah, it it was a lot. And I know Noon like for bringing up the, the whole part time rock star thing, uh, me and Paul during that time are working full time right. during the day. So I'd, I'd roll into work at like mm-hmm. seven a.m. Get off work at like three or four drive an hour up to, to Felix's. I live in Virginia. 
he's in Maryland, so I would drive yeah. all the way up to Felix's and then we'd sit there until midnight and then drive all the way back home and wake up and do it pretty much five five or six nights a week and it was just yeah. it was a grind. That's that's rough, that's torture. Yeah. Shout out to Mrs. Marina, her <laughs> her mom gave me her yeah. laptop to use at the studio so that I could work and record an album. Yeah, we were stoked Felix had internet there. That would have been tough. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that was yeah. that was that was definitely a struggle. But it was we, we I think we were all real happy with what we kinda got out of it. And I think we're even like I'm personally even more looking forward to once we get this out, like getting back in there and writing more stuff because I think we all learned a lot, which was which was great. We yeah, all learned a lot. And we became yeah. friends. Yeah, better friends. You know? Except for that Paul guy, <laughs> can't stand. Yeah. Yeah. He's he's kind of weird. Smells yeah. good, but it's kind of weird. So at this point, we took a quick break. They're super OCD about not oh, yeah, discussing yeah. details. Yeah, so it's, it's always uh, tough with the new, uh, whenever like you do a new album, we're, we're really trying to focus on like a cool, like how we want to properly do our release cycle and stuff. So yeah, I, I feel bad not giving away like song titles and dates and stuff. It's just, it's still like a work in progress. So I think we'll say a, there's guitars and drums. There, yeah. And oh, bass. Yeah. And Poss- singing. Possibly singing. Yeah. Possibly. And uh, hopefully, not yet and so, hopefully a TikTok or two. Probably not, but might be. <laughs> I don't know. There's a lot of discussion, I feel like, among the millennials about releasing music these days, because a lot yep. of them are doing it. And um, I don't know. Some people talk about building suspense and all that. And there was like that old school mentality of keeping it under wraps, which I sort of understand. And I mean, you guys are a real functioning band with millions of views, so I get it. But like, I don't know. I guess there was a time when there were rock stars. You remember back in back yeah. in those days, and they had to keep their shit under wraps so it wouldn't get leaked yep. and all onto Napster and all that. Oh, that back uh, yeah, Napster. So like, you had to be all hush hush, and I feel like the opposite's now true. Where it's like, as soon as you hit the studio, like the first thing you record has to be guys like, we're live. Got to put on Instagram <laughs> yep. and like get people interested. Like, I don't know, what's the solution, man? What's the? I, I think it's different the, for every band. I think yeah. for us, it's because we we definitely like like we had an idea of a song to, of an album title title going into the writing process that I'm sure we could have yeah. shared and then we ended up changing it just because it, it felt different at a time and yeah. even some of these song titles and stuff we've gone and be like oh well this seems like a better fit and it's more like I think for us it's hard to kind of try and like we, we don't want to commit to something till we're 100% and we feel perfect on it and it's the right time and yeah, you know the last thing you want to do is say oh it's this and then now it's not that yeah. also, also a struggle is just competition and it's not like oh you know, screw this other band, but it's techni- technically, it's like, all right, like if there's like a better band, the listeners are going to be listening to them instead of us. Yeah. So it's like, we always want to make sure, you know, if we're going to release something, we're giving our best effort. So this um, actually has another great point bring up is competition. Why not? Like, uh, for instance, uh, I have two questions there. Who's your competitors? And then uh, <laughs> how do you view supporting each other as bands? I mean, you ever heard of... Uh, 
Led Zeppelin, uh, <laughs> nice. freaking ACDC. Great. I don't know. Like, if you answer. want, like, like, Meta- <laughs> like, there's this other group. I think they're called like Metallica. Like, Never maybe a little them. smaller than Led Zeppelin, but like, yeah. I'd say I, those I think, are bigger. I think to the whole competition thing, and I, I, I have the benefit that I spent a lot of my years in my twenties playing up in the New York City, New Jersey music scene for a while, and it, it's it's a little different than up here. It's it's a lot. I think it's a lot more. Um, collaborative and helping each other out up there and that's something that I definitely you know it's just one it's also it's, it's a much bigger music scene up there in right. New York City uh, but yeah I kind of I, I never understood the whole competition side of it it never was kind of like that for me it was more like oh I'm some of my favorite bands are local bands our size and mm-hmm. you know it's I would say like it's it's so much easier to kind of rise up together than try and like everyone kind of stay in their corners and take shots at each other. Yeah. So like I mean, on that note, one of my main topic. You want to know? Points. Let me let me uh, just jump in real points. quick. I, I think the way like I, I think some people might view that question as like, all right, which bands are our competition? I don't think it's about which bands. Like you might think, all right, like I mean, kind of you know, eating what I just said before. Um, oh, we're all about it's, hypocrisy it's, here. Yeah, it's it's like you might think it's like okay if I'm, if I'm, you know, like ACDC, you know, I'm trying to steal, you know, the Led Zeppelin listeners or whatever. No, I think it's more of um, I want at least for me, I want people to listen to our genre, and if they listen to our genre, they will more likely stumble upon us. Mm-hmm. Um, another way you can think about it is like if you are if you're like a, um. But like if you if you're making like Bud Light, like it, it, the marketing for Bud Light and for is is not to get people to stop drinking Miller Light. Please, it's to us. get people. It's to get. It's yeah. what you're doing is you're you want to get people to drink beer. That's yeah, what right. I think. You're you know we're we're paying yeah. our marketing budget for a space in your mouth. Yeah, <laughs> that's what it is. And, and well, so that's in this case, I, it's space in your ears. That's what I'm know? trying to bring this back to is like. I don't know. It was pretty half-assed effort at first to start this podcast, and probably still is. But like, you know, during the quarantine, I was like, all right, how how do I like help pe- get people's music out there? Because I know so many good bands that'll just never get attention that I listen to, who are just kind of my friends or whatever. And now I've picked up on so many other different bands that are kicking ass. And I think what I've found is like, man, if we help each other out, it's like you're saying we're all gonna start drinking the Bud Light or the Miller Light yep. or whatever. It's like, all about getting them uh, to drink beer, period. Correct. Listen yeah. to local music, man. Or, or spend like, your time just listening to music instead of, yeah, you know, and, playing Animal Crossing or whatever, you know? And in Maryland <laughs> in particular, the freaking reggae rock scene is just crushing it. And yeah. the way that they support each other Pasadena, is amazing. Yeah. I think you guys might have got a chance to hang out with uh, Joey Harkham. He's like yep. the godfather of the scene yeah. in many ways. Him and Howie of uh, Ballyhoo. Mm-hmm. Um, like, the way they, they bring each other up, like, the generations, and, like, see that happen, and even in my own lifetime, I'm only 30, like, just to watch that is cool. Yeah. So, like, I felt like I wanted to, like, help or, like, be a part of that, even if it's not Maryland reggae rock, it's Maryland music, you know? Like, exactly. Or beyond, D.C., yeah. China, no, I don't know, <laughs> whatever. I think as far as, like, when you look at what, what bands can do to kind of get themselves out there, I, I think they're, they're obviously what's happening in the pandemic is, is, is terrible, um, but I, I think as far as music goes and trying to get your, yourself out there, it, it's, kind of, it's kind of leveled the playing field to some degree where it's like, you know, no one really knows what they're doing now, and it's, it's kind of a, 
what, which bands can adapt to this kind of new environment we're living in. Okay, we used, we used to go out and we used to play and tour all the time. Well, we can't do that now. So how, how can we still interact with our audience and what can we do to evolve with what's happening? And I've noticed even like a good example, one of the first artists I saw that I saw to do it was, was Goldfinger during, right during the quarantine started, they were doing like a quarantine studio sessions where they would do live versions of their songs. And it was like, you just kind of got this constant stream of, of content because they're not all out touring. And you yeah. see other bands, like, we, we took this time to really try and write uh, a lot and try and do as, do as much as we could with it. But I think as far as when you, people say competition, I don't think it's ever like anyone wants a certain band to fail or I think everyone just wants to, to, well, we to do it. Yeah, we all got that one band we want to see them go down oh, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> in flames. The slang. <laughs> Jesus, don't even get me. Yeah, we're, we're trying to start our beef with John in the slang. <laughs> slang. We're starting Twitter war. They're going even down. though none of us have Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> Terrible band. Never listen to this well, slang. Total really, disaster. Watch his streams go up now. <laughs> that, that brings up a really good point because it's like there, there's kind of like a, a band like I call it like a band bromance between like yeah. you know, Crashing Atlas oh, and yeah, Slang and it's it like be. Yeah. you know they'll they'll share our stuff we'll share their stuff and, and I think together we are stronger you know as as two people that really support each other than I think most bands on their own would be I, I think more bands should take that attitude to like rise up together. Yeah, that might yeah. be something that's cool. Totally, hundred yeah. percent. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm trying to do here, man. Hashtag screw the slang. <laughs> <laughs> what's what, what's been uh, interesting during this pandemic, and it's something that we, uh, I, I think it's something that we, uh, as Crashing Atlas, did pretty well was taking advantage of the technology available to us and using this downtime uh, to our advantage. So. Every single member knows to a degree how to like record on their home at home, and our situation right now is, um, you know, D- Doug's been up in Chicago. He was helping out with some family stuff up there, and Marina and Paul live in Maryland. I live in Virginia, and to apart from each other, not being able to jam in the same room to write an entire album together, like collaboratively using like hangouts and doing yeah. live streams and stuff has, has been like a challenge that we I think we adapted to pretty well and we're kind of like working with the technology and before like I, I think that's something that this this like pandemic and quarantine really are forcing people to do is find creative ways to still stay in touch with one another whether it's creatively or even just as like friends and you know I think that's embracing the technology has been crazy could you imagine going through this before like the internet you know I'd go crazy it would have been like the dark ages. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy not knowing what's uh, it, happening. Yeah, it would have sucked to some degree, but there's also like a certain uh, freedom probably yeah. and just yeah. being I remember when I uh, lost, detached yeah. from it. I remember know? I remember my phone broke when I was in college at one point. Yeah. Instead of getting like a new one like instantly, I went two straight weeks without a phone. At one point I like borrowed my friends because I, I, I just had to do something he let me have for like an hour. But like those two weeks where I didn't have a phone was like really liberating. Right. It actually felt amazing. I didn't have a phone. No, I know what you mean, man. Oh, bro. Cult. Cult. <laughs> Happens. Yeah, culture is a weird thing. It'll it'll suck you in. Yeah, yeah. especially um, now because uh, for me, me as a whole, if it wasn't for playing in music, I really wouldn't be on social media. I'm the same way. Because uh, it's know, I definitely wouldn't be doing a podcast. But hey, it, it's, it helps it, people out. Yeah, for it's it, it's wild to me just. To, I don't know, like, I'm not used to, like, trying to share a bunch of stuff of myself out there with people, but it's, like, when you're in a band nowadays, and obviously you 
not under you know, record labels and stuff. It's like, you, we kind of got to be our own promoters. That can yeah. be tough. And it's like, how interesting are our lives? But like the music part's pretty cool, I like to think. But mm-hmm. it's like, I'm a proposal writer, Nick's a software engineer. Are we really yeah. that interesting? <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag well, check out my code. <laughs> hey, if you guys can keep putting, you know, songs and music together the way you are, like, Hope so. hell yeah, keep doing it, man. Something like, I, uh, I've noticed too a lot of, uh, which which has been one of my favorite things to kind of indulge in during this pandemic has been a lot of artists are starting to actually do podcasts too. And so there's, what's one Shane Toll does? Uh, I can't remember. Lead singer syndrome, which is awesome, oh, yeah, and it's basically and he, yeah. it, he's been doing it a lot more since since the yeah. pandemic, and it's kind of cool having musicians do podcasts, talk about the songwriting process, the marketing process, the release process, and um, Krista Makes does yeah. a really good one from Less Than Jake. Uh, Krista Makes a podcast is fantastic. Yeah. And they, he has different artists come in and they just talk about their writing processes and how how did Yellow Card write Ocean Avenue, and it's hearing like. So many of these songs is is pretty inspiring as as a writer to say like okay well how how can we kind of you know shake things up in our I, in our writing process yeah I think what I've learned is there's always a niche like um, this one in particular like this podcast is supposed to be for the working musician so like I'm glad you guys brought up jobs because yep you know that is reality man at least yeah. in my world like uh, frontline healthcare worker but you know like. Mm-hmm. I always thought, like, I don't want to have a million hours of the day to just sit there and think about what mm-hmm. I should create or something. I've always kind of thought, no matter what I do, I want to be able to, like, play some music, write some songs or something, but I don't really think I want that to be my only thing that I do in life. I think it, tur- I mean, it turns something that is a know? passion. Because what else do you of- write about? I think it take it, it turns something that maybe can be like a passion. That's something that you just really do for fun. And I think if you dive too headfirst into that and you get way too into it, it starts to turn into something that feels like a job. And it's kind of nice having like this secondary outside yeah. job that I can kind of focus my, you know, get get some of my energy out there. And then it's like I come back and it's. I remember when we were in the studio, like showing up to Felix's and be like, oh, this is awesome. Nice break from all the yeah. work stuff. I can relax and focus on music. And we went through a tough. I think me me specifically like. Because it was going from, like, we were gigging literally two two to three times, sometimes a week, yeah. you know, just out, and I feel like I was always consistently on the go, and then, like, I remember, I think it was March 15th or 16th, we had our last show, and then we got the call that everything's, like, shut down, and we had an yeah. entire schedule worth of gigs going up until November. We were no, going we to hit, like, I seven. remember. It, it was a lot. It was yeah. rough. We, and we, we had, we, like, thousands of dollars in our, like, account, like about to be, you know, like, in whatever that part of the spreadsheet yeah. like we have like expecting all this money coming in all these hours on stage everything like well, our entire our entire life planned out I for the entire think it's a little funny you log hours on stage but i do think it's awesome <laughs> <laughs> everybody's no, but... got their quirk they got their thing yeah it's like we basically had our year planned out we were even like scheduling vacations around each other so we could like no, like yeah. this one week yeah. we can all take off and then it's like yep. boom what like, do we do now? And that's when we decided to start with the writing of the new, like really go, going from it. that. And we, I always think like for when we're doing like the, the cover stuff, we're, we're extremely organized and very logical, methodical band. And I think that's why we, we've done as well as we did in the cover scene. So it's like going from that consistent grind of like going to work, spending every weekend out gigging, coming back, spending evenings, right. Working on original stuff to like everything just shut down. Everyone's working. You know, some people are out of jobs. I've thankful I was working from home but it was like going from consistently being out and about to just kind of like 
stuck in four walls and not having gigs and not being able to go out and eat like you said before playing live is such a big thing it's yeah. just ah I, I was i was going a little crazy because i'm like i don't know what to, i'm going stir crazy still yeah. still am like yeah. my like i remember like growing up when i would like occasionally get on stage i would look forward to it for like weeks right and then it became this thing like wait now i'm playing once or twice a week um, basically every week and i'm getting like this like a like i'm just getting my addiction fed you know like if i can share i guess some like kind of personal philosophy maybe always um don't you dare share <laughs> please let me hear it i try not to man i really try to let you guys talk <laughs> um but like i don't know I, I consider it almost like a meditative or a spiritual practice to like consider like every day like take a little bit of time and just think all right what if i don't have this anymore ever again my fingers whether what kind of fingers that'd be weird yeah, well, I got fingers playing. anymore. Yeah. Uh, I can't play guitar, or I can't uh, do other things. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like in the first place, it's like play guitar, and then oh, yeah. right, the other thing. Um, can't type, of course. Yeah, yeah. can't, can't type. play Yahtzee. Yeah, uh, internet solitary. Oh no, the mouse. Yeah, like I don't know. I, I make it like a meditative practice to like think about. All right, what if I lost this? I think I think adding some kind of structure like that to especially when every the rug's been pulled out of everyone is like I think that's an awesome thing. So to I do. sort of feel like I've been ready for this thing my whole life. It's like yeah. all right, I lost the thing that I love <laughs> in some ways, but I adapted and like came up with a way to like talk to you guys. Yeah. yeah. And like I wouldn't have probably done that if we're all playing shows. Just and straight up. I, I think that's when you're why you're seeing like like musicians uh, are are kind of like you said rolling with the punches with okay, I can't go out and play, but you know what? I'm still a creative person. I'm going to do a podcast. Like, you, right. you know, that's awesome. And it's like, I also get real weird with it, like Rick and Morty style. Like, what if music didn't exist? Human well, music. Like, that, would be, that would be terrifying. <laughs> well, like, think about it. Like, you know what would happen? I would still want to create something. Yep. Like, what would it be? Like, before it was music, it was like, I liked writing. I, I, think, um, I think creative people are just their creative people right. whether they it's music or anything they like want to if, do something if there was no music you'd be doing something creative because I think that's just I'd build, personality I'd, do, you, do you want to know what happens though if there was no music we'd all I'd invent music dude uh, you'd be, I don't you'd know, be I don't the guy see that's called like you're, breaking the wall which you know? is funny coming from a drummer Right? <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't be a lot of melody in that music. Yeah, the least think. musical. <laughs> so like, that's so primal. don't don't that's get me wrong. Pr that's primal, man. I'm it I'm is. like I'm like the lead proponent of drummer jokes. Like the more the better. Like I think I think they're hilarious. Yeah. But every uh, time anyone gives me the drummer joke, I I think I'm like, can you read music? <laughs> that's I, I will say back when we were the, the thing that blew my mind in this and I didn't actually didn't know this about you, Paul, was when we were. In the studio, you have a really good sense of music theory as a whole. Like, I always thought I was pretty savvy when it comes to technical side of music as a whole, but like, hearing just the way you talk about like how quick you are to identify the like, keys of songs and you play certain keys on the piano, like, I'm, I'm a guitar player. I'm not that. I don't do that. Me, me play tabs, you know? <laughs> me, me monkey. Me monkey. Me play. <laughs> <laughs> you know everybody's got the little the guru in the band man who I, really I think you were like you were like the sleeper hit on that album I was hit. like I was like hey, you know new new drummer coming in who would have thought you'd be like a but piano. you're still a monkey Paul and you better <laughs> dude you, I mean as much as we're all possibly monkeys like you crush it Thank when you. it comes to like just I don't know man I think you're alright apes strung together apes strung together <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know man we all got our thing though 
We all got our strong points. We all got our weak points. I think it's, I, I mean, like, I mean, yeah, for sure. Everyone's got their strong points. Everyone's got their weak points. But it's like, I think it's, like, if you if you really want to learn a skill, I feel like for the most part, anyone can, unless there's some, like, severe it's handicap like or something. It's like focus, yeah. desire. There's a combination well, of things. Well, uh, that's yeah. what it is. It's, it's like, it's like the the real thing is determination and like i think the quote is like motivation is the killer of all dreams because if you're motivated if you only work off motivation yeah you're going to be motivated for 15 minutes then when you don't have complete technical mastery which takes 20 years you're going to give up after 15 minutes so what you need is determination to sit down every single day and get it going you know yeah, yeah i think however you want to describe that was it super it, meta yeah, <laughs> i mean Thanks, I think, it, yeah, it's like the tortoise and the hare. Yeah. It's like, you just got to keep at it. I would say, like, like I, I, for music, I just can't imagine not doing it. And every year, like, yeah. as I get older, you know, I'm just crossed 30, which I know isn't terrible. I shouldn't complain. Yeah, I'm in the club. It gets, dude, it gets tough. Like, I, like even at shows and stuff, I'll, like, I have back issues now that I never used to have when I was in my early 20s. But it's like, I keep telling myself, oh, I'm, I'm sure there'll be some point, you know. Back, back when I was, like, 22 and gigging and touring and stuff, I was like, oh, this will be great. I'm going to... You know, by the time I'm 30, I'll probably be done with it. And here I am at 30, and it's like, I think, like, 2020 was here. But 2019 was, like, one of the busiest years I've ever had. And every year when yeah. I'm like, oh, it's going to slow down, it just keeps getting more intense and, yeah. you know, super thankful, you know. I think a lot of it's also, like, surrounding yourself with, with good people, good good musicians. Oh, for sure. You know, good significant others, too, just kind of help keep, keep you motivated through all that as the, as the years go by. Yeah, I mean, uh, there's... So many things I can say, but uh, basically, yeah, I look at it as like music is the thing we get to do. Yeah, yeah. You know? Could you imagine, a, you imagine not doing it? Like, yeah, yeah. But it's not imagine. like the thing that you know. If it all ends tomorrow, that you know, we won't come up with something new, and that's fun to we, do. We we had a good you conversation know? on the way here, actually, Paul. Um, we, we drove here socially distanced when you were in the trunk. Uh, where we, we said like for for as much as like people look at, at doing like when we're doing like cover gigs and stuff, it's like oh, do you church just for money? And it's like man, even if the pay wasn't there, like I, I just like playing. I, like even if the pay wasn't what it was, I I would oh, still be doing it. Welcome to the it's original fun. world. Yeah, right. The reason, yeah, I, I said this to Nick. I said like. You know, and it's it's kind of like cliche. You know, if you love what you do, you'll never work a day in your life, kind of thing. But it's like, yeah. you know, the the mentality that I always had was it's not about the money, and it really wasn't. It's about just loving being because on stage. I think the three of us have jobs. Oh, for uh, yeah, it helps that we have jobs for sure. Yeah. But that's why we're able yeah. to like. That's why we were able, at least for me, I won't speak for you guys. Like, I'm able to attack it where it isn't. Yeah. So it's pure love. And that's like why we've had success in the cover scene, you know, so ridiculously yeah, I mean, quickly. I agree. Something that I, I think is a lot of people will hop on, and maybe sometimes will look look down on people that work full time jobs that's still doing music. Like I think people look at it as a hindrance, and I, I look at it as one of the biggest advantages because I think the biggest reason why whether it's what we're doing now in CA or what we've done with a you know run for cover or whatever other bands we've played with is because we we when you work that full-time job you do have actually some income to be able to like i need a i want i want this this plugin for my software yeah. i need i want this specific camera so we can do whatever stuff with live streams and i think it you know working a job actually opens up some doors to do things that if i was just sitting at home focusing on music without like income i wouldn't i'm not gonna be able to get it done you know yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, I don't usually get this deep, I guess, with people on the podcast too often, but, deep fellas. you know, it kind of brings up the idea of, like, yeah, we all got jobs, we could be playing music, or we could not. Now and... we can't. <laughs> I mean, it's like what you were saying, like, it's like, if you could if you could play guitar all day, and like, that'd be great, but... Like, like would that be the best uh, I think time I'd... continuum? That we could all exist in. Because yeah. or... eventually you need new strings. You <laughs> I mean, I, I like, honestly worry that, like, if I ever, like, there was, like, a brief, like, like six-month stint in my life where I was like, all right, you know, I think I might just try to do music, like, full-time. And then I'm like, all right, maybe not. Um, but it's like, if I, I feel like, personally, if I ever, like, look, if I, if I could drum 24-7 make a living, yes. Ooh. But I don't want to lose that, like, magic where, yeah. like, it's, where it becomes, I don't want it to become a job. Because the second it becomes yeah. a job... I've lost. The magic's gone. I'm not sure about that scenario because I've never experienced it, so I don't know. But I will say, what do you guys think about Drive? I feel like that... Best song by Incubus. Just kidding. uh, Oh, yeah. Great song. I thought you were going to say drugs instead of Drive. (laughs) I was like, Uh, this did just get really deep. Anyway, like... um, No, but I I think maybe like the, the foundation of this conversation is like, where do you find drive comes from? Like, you know. So, I can tell you, like, at least, I, I'm assuming it's different for different people. When I get on stage, I've, I've said this to other people in the past. I'm sure Nick's here, heard me talk about this. Like, I'll ask you, what is the job of a drummer? I'll load gear, you know, sling <laughs> merch. Be well, quiet. I'm asking Brett. What do you, what do you think part. is the job of the, what do you think is the job of the drummer? <laughs> Dude, I mean, without a good drummer, everything falls apart. Okay. So, and I say that more in a sense. Of, I see it as a hierarchy. So, like, if we're talking live performance, mm-hmm. then the drummer is the foundation, bass player is next, and then rhythm guitar player out the window. Who cares about <laughs> that? Um, and then the singer has to know, basically, usually the singer will cue off somebody, so they'll cue off the drummer or they'll cue off mm-hmm. somebody, like guitar player, bass player, whoever. But that foundation, there needs to be two people in the band. I don't care if there's 14 members in the band or three. There need to be two people in the band who are on the same page. And usually it's the drummer and the bass player. Sometimes it's the drummer and a guitar player. Yeah, sure. Um, but it starts with that. And if those two are on the same page, everybody else can figure it out on the fly. So that's the way I see at least a working band, mm-hmm. but not a studio band or something. So you're the 1% that answers not like everyone else. 99% of people will say the job of a drummer is to keep time. Well, yeah, but... Right. But but I would argue... On the, the, job on the hierarchy of, of importance... Yeah. Right. Well, so sure. And, but you answer differently, which is actually really interesting to me. Um... Because everyone says you're a musician. Everyone yeah. says yeah. to keep time, which, in my opinion, is a job of the drummer. Just as you're, you know, being the foundation, it's a job of the drummer. Two people in the band need to know what's going on. True. And it's best Very if true. the drummer knows what's going on, and then yeah. somebody else in the band knows. Well, what's what's, going what's the on. most important? Who's job playing an instrument? Because the singer can know what's going on, and the drummer can know what's going on. But if the other right. two people don't, then everything's. But what's the done. most important job of the drummer? Number one most important. <laughs> Correct. To make, make people dance. To make people dance. 
So, yeah. so to that answer, depends on the so, genre. so to answer yeah. your question, yeah, no, it goes actually even further back in our discussion to the primal right. level of if you invented music, you would start with drums because, uh, from an anthropological uh, perspective, that's how music originated. Somebody just one day just started going. And then somebody else was like, I like that. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> Dude, that is yes. like, that is like yes. an SNL skit. But you were so you were asking like where do I where do I draw you know whatever from the love drive. from or the drive from? So like for me it's I think it's, it's getting people yeah, dancing and like drive in life too, but yeah. So okay, well I was going more towards like the music thing. I'm thinking it's drive in life. My drive comes okay. Well my you drive in life that's a different question. That's a very different question. So I know. Say, I was trying to get deep, man, but I'm sorry. Uh, I think I, you know, so. So for me, and this is, I think how I try and tackle everything in life is, uh, you know, if you can if you can be one thing, be consistent. And I'd rather whole ass do one thing than half ass a bunch of stuff. And yeah. it's like I think whether it's whatever my role is in the band, whether it's me kind of handling more like the technical side of things or you know whatever it is i want to make sure that when i get on stage or when i get in a writing session or a room or when i go into the office every day that people look at nick and say you know i i can trust that you will get your job done and because i think trust is that foundation that that makes you like the kind of team player people want to work with and i think that's even going farther back to like us kind of being filling guys i think it's that trust yeah. And the fact knowing that if someone says, Nick, I need you to be here on this date and know these songs, understanding that I'm, I'm going to do my homework and I'm going to bust my butt to make sure that I come in there and I, I, I do right by you and I give you the type of performance that I would want from someone in a band that I'm running. You know, yeah. That to me, I guess, is the drive. And I think there's no better feeling in the world than like if I'm running the technical side of things and when like things just go off without a hitch or let's say we're doing like a cover set and everything just goes smoothly and the pacing's perfect and you know we audible the right songs in and out at the right time like there's no better feeling than to kind of just like have that feeling and I don't know it, that's that makes me proud and I think that's something I can look back on in every show and say that that's how I determine whether a show is good or bad you know and yeah, yeah that's kind of my end I think um, it kind of sort of it's like adjacent to what adjacent to Nick's answer honestly I'd say the the drive for me I'm sure there's a lot of motivating factors I get a lot of of um, joy of like making others happy doing something for other people um, which I guess maybe is why music and drumming specifically works so well with me because as I said like the job of drummers to make them dance if I see people dancing they're probably having a good time oh yeah so it means that I'm making them happy but and of course it doesn't have to be for music it's like you can do something you know nice for your friends you can you know bring a McDonald's french yeah. fries bringing someone food is like the greatest thing on earth yeah know? like I don't know my favorite lyric of many is uh, like Frank Turner he has a, mm -hmm. a line that's just like I have all this drive and no idea what to do with it and I feel like in many ways that's like my defining reason to play music it's like I got drive I gotta do something I can yeah. go to work and that's fulfilling in some ways but it's not all encompassing and uh, I don't know man like I, expression I, it's very is true I think like 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 you were, we were saying before it's like you know regardless if, if music didn't exist I feel like I would uh, it, that that drive to want to create something is just like a native thing that right. you have yeah. and no matter how what outlet you choose 
like for some reason like during the pandemic music was just swept out from under the feet it's like well i want I, I started learning how to do like game streaming or yeah i started learning just just how to do like high-end like live streamers like using obs that a lot of people use and it's like i was just because it's like if i can't focus on here like i need an outlet or i'm gonna pop i need something that i can focus my creative direction yeah. on or i'm gonna go crazy just because i'm i've got one speed and it's just you know 100 miles an hour full tilt I, i'm not used to having downtime yeah. you know especially it's with how the like, last couple it's years like the, it's like the like hyper conscientiousness yeah. yes yeah. I, I don't yeah. i don't i don't like idle time because it's like i i think back to the age thing it's like i don't you know you never know how long you have on this planet yeah. it's like i want to you know hopefully at an old age when i'm super decrepit like, i can look yeah. back on all this stuff and be like oh, that was pretty cool we did some cool stuff i mean it brings it's like the question it's like what can i do to give my life meaning or something like that and it's yeah. the toughest question of them all but well it's not the toughest question of them all but it's like it's one of the most important questions i'd say yeah just living a meaningful life is right. where it's at yeah so like yeah if we didn't have music it's like where would the meaning go I don't know. I'd probably else, try. To, I'd probably I'm try sure, to haze Nick but... a lot. <laughs> I've just spent a lot of time hazing this guy. Probably. And hazing rituals. I guess no. <laughs> it's funny you brought up like uh, you say like like fun memories and stuff like that. Um, I I will say I'll give credit credit to Paul here. I've had the um, privilege of being sharing the stage with you. I think of like eight different bands or something like that at different points of time, and we've had some pretty cool. Pretty pretty cool memories and stories and oh yeah you know it's it's always been like Nick and Paul we've always been kind of like a pair that kind of like goes to whatever bands and stuff yeah, yeah there's fun. virtually yeah like if like every band that I've played with that Nick wasn't in like I like eventually pulled him into and like I think like most of the bands that like Nick plays nowadays he's like ended up pulling me into also yeah. it's like hey you need a a bass player no not now but in a year they do need a bass so I'm like yeah. well I got I got this, you know, blue-haired monster here <laughs> named, named Nick. We, it, it's funny how we, we met, too. So uh, Paul and I were both playing with a band called Staunton. And ironically, half the, the original members of Crashing Atlas all played for that band, Staunton, back mm -hmm. in the day. And so then they left. They made Crashing Atlas. And me and Paul, ironically, were some of the new members pulled in. And we didn't even know. The, the, the Crashing Atlas was Staunton season one. Me and Nick were Staunton <laughs> season two. Dude, and I feel during like season, a couple seasons well, of Crashing Atlas. But during season two, Crashing Atlas formed, if that makes sense. Yep. Yeah. And then in season three, yeah. <laughs> we, we joined Crashing Yeah, it, it's kind of like it, everything just kind of came together. But it's like I, I, we originally first found Paul, I think, through like a Craigslist ad. Because uh, yeah. the guy Chris... You were on Craigslist? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Casual encounters. Dude, great no, bands. My, great my, bands form on Craigslist. No, my, Even uh, to this day. Yeah. I, was doing, I was doing theater drumming, and one of my buddies, he goes up to me. He's like, so are you playing in any bands right now? And I said, no, not at the moment. He goes, why don't you check Craigslist? And I'm like, it's not a bad idea, because I got my first you know, big boy job off Craigslist. People you know, my first engineering job. At least of our generation. I, I still remember the, the post we put on there and Paul was the first person that replied and we, 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 you know, we pulled him in for an audition and it was a slam dunk right off the bat. And me and Paul both played in Staunton for, for a bit and we were lucky enough. We got, we, we got to play um, a year or so. We got to play down at a uh, naval base down in Florida for the troops a while back and we got to do like, we opened for Cheap Trick, which was like, Oh, that's one of the crazy, coolest, man. coolest, yeah. coolest days of my life. Yeah. Shout out, shout out to our boy Eric, who was playing bass with us. Actually, you're awesome, yeah. Eric. Uh, and it's it was, and then after, eventually, after like um, Chris Staunton ended up moving, and then 
I think Paul and I, we played in a, uh, Paul came to see like an old cover band I used to play in called Mr. Blonde, that's now the singer, moved to Texas a while back, and Paul came on stage for his birthday, he played Hey Jealousy with us on there. That was there. nice. And then, so afterwards, like me and Paul were talking, and this is after Mr. Blonde was, you know, splitting up, and I was talking to Paul, I'm like, why don't we just make our own thing, you know, why not? Yeah. And then, we were talking about it for about six months before finally actually like pulled the trigger. And um, that was the three years ago today. Yeah. Ironically. You know. yeah. Cheers, cheers to that! And then uh, December eighth, man, it's a weird day. It's a weird day, dime, dime, rip, uh, dime bag, Daryl, drinking my black tooth grin for him. Yeah, uh, got the Dean yeah, guitar Dean. in the background the that uh, you know sprinkle that in the podcast. Was the Dean Razor? Is that what it was? The that remember. was like the one that came sort of posthumously, or how you say that word? Posthumous? I don't know. I'm yeah, not good at English. Uh, Me no good English. <laughs> After he died, <laughs> they uh, they released like a, a series. Of Doesn't have lightning on it. The, 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 well, yeah. that was his original. This yeah. one's referred to as a Dean ML, mm-hmm. which is like the original model. And uh, there's a cool story. He actually won his first one in a guitar contest. It's kind yeah. of the reason he played it. And then he oh. gave it to somebody else. And they painted it for him. I saw a video and, in his guitar uh, collection on YouTube not too long ago. It was pretty pretty dope. If you guys are, you know, God willing, somebody listens to this podcast and made it this far. <laughs> the uh, the best thing I can tell people to watch about Dimebag Daryl is he used to do what he called the Dime Clinic, and it's still on YouTube, and it's just him going to music stores and just playing like um like a medley of Pantera songs, mm-hmm. like the guitar parts for people at like a guitar center, like everywhere he went he would do that and. What they never told you was he would usually buy somebody in the audience a guitar afterward. Like, usually... No a, way. Like, a kid. Like, you know, oh, that's some, great. Like, that's somebody like would be like, hey, man, like, can't afford this guitar right now. My, my kid saw you play, really wants this thing. And he'd be like, here. here. Like, uh, for everything I've seen, you know, he always seemed like so, a, just a stand-up guy. You know? But if you watch that clinic, like, those, those videos, I'll you just see... It was just him. He was just having fun. Like, yeah. he wasn't there to, like, big-time anybody... Just there to play guitar and like get people stoked. I'm gonna have to add that and, to my uh, list of things things to watch. I'll send you the link or whatever. Please Obviously, do. you guys can send me your links for this podcast, but it's a yeah. beautiful thing to watch, and it fired me up. A lot yeah, man. You, you talk about drive. That's like another good thing too. It's like you know you see seeing like your guitar heroes up there, and that's well, I started as a guitar I, guy. Yeah. Like just seeing that kind of stuff is so cool. I worship guitar players, man. Yep. I got like five heroes. So a, a, <laughs> an interesting thing I always hear people talk about, and I'm actually curious on your opinion on this, is the modern day guitar hero. What is it? Because it's 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 evolving. What do you think? Can you think of like your modern day guitar heroes, and how is that different than, I don't know. Yeah, I guess uh, they're guitar players of yesteryear, if you want to answer it, uh, like straightforward, but... I like mean, the future of these guitars. Who's like, like you think like the next dime bag? You know, I know. Like, like I feel like I'm like carrying the torch, like as, <laughs> as, as small as my little tiny candle may be. Like, I, yes, you've got a pretty big candle. Like, uh, <laughs> but uh, nah, man. Uh, maybe the simplest answer to this is I always tell everyone the uh, the greatest conspiracy theory ever, probably. Randy Rhodes is still alive. Yeah. Well, if you it, Paul McCartney died in the Beatles. If you really think about it, the greatest conspiracy theory after you read them all is uh, believe in yourself. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> Just believe in yourself. <laughs> and uh, 
Like, Always believe in yourself, unless you like a, believe in like abducting children or something. <laughs> Don't. <laughs> There's a really good, uh, really good quote I believe by by Mookie Wilson. Um, yeah, here it is. I'm pulling it up. He says, "So Mookie Wilson was a baseball player. Yeah. He, uh, I, I guess, I think he was in the majors. Um, says when I'm in a slump, I comfort myself by saying, if I believe in dinosaurs, then somewhere they must believe oh, in yeah. me." And if they believe in me, then I can believe in me. Then yeah. I bust out. Exactly. That's a great quote. Yeah. Exactly. Mookie it's, Wilson, left field. So I think there's great guitar <laughs> players out there. I think that the current climate of music doesn't always reward musicianship on that level anymore. It's but, but it's certainly cyclical. Things are very cyclical. I think so. the, the future Maybe of guitar heroes. heroes is weird now. It's like switched. It used to be like, you know, rocking on stage now. And you see a lot of like the top guitar players people look at her doing like YouTube and stuff. And well, it's there's like, phenomenal it's crazy, guitar man. players on YouTube doing wild shit. And they're not in bands. I follow so many guitar players who just do these like jazz riffs or they have their own hybrid acoustic style. Mm-hmm. And like some electric shit too, like wild sweet picking stuff. And like they're out there. They're just dormant. I really think they're just dormant, and they're waiting for their time where it's like guitar playing is gonna come back. It's it's you know? I, I think it's like it's it, it, just, it, just, like it just it just changed yeah. location. You know, it's like yeah. a lot of like when you hear like younger guitar players, they look up to people are like the, these YouTube guitar players that aren't maybe they, they maybe they haven't done great right. crazy stuff with bands, but it's like they'll look up to them and be like you know because they're still guitar guys. They got millions of followers, which is as yeah. many as. Eddie Van Halen ever had the do you know yep. <laughs> the do is killing it so Who's there's the do is uh, I, I guess you could call him the guitar playing rival to Davey 504 oh I know him he's, yep. he's like a, he's like a gamer but he's also one of the most gnarly shredders I've ever seen yeah. he impressed Herman Lee from Dragon Force by so he, playing the most clean version of Through the Fire, Fire and Flames. Flames Herman Lee watches as he's like yeah. holy crap that's the best version of this I've ever seen in my life. Because he has trouble with it. Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. It's, so. it's, it's, it's definitely a wild ride of watching just... Yeah. I think especially kind of for our generation, like people that you know grew up maybe in like late 80s, early 90s rock and stuff like that. And just yeah. that, that's been such... Because you, you, we got to kind of see the grunge movement and then you get to see that early 2000s like new metal, Linkin Park, Limp Bizkit. And then came like the metalcore genre. Like, yeah. And now it's like you know, then post hard. It's 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 wild just seeing how much rock has kind of changed in so quickly, you know. But yeah. in the day, people still look at like you know Van Halen, Dimebag, you know, Steve yeah. I. Still driving, yeah. driving forces. Dragon Force. What? The Dragon Force. <laughs> we watched a mean Dragon Force cover last night on YouTube. This chick didn't know the song. She's British. The piano? Yeah. Yeah, I've seen that. She, someone she requested like just, it, she just heard it, and she was like, all right, I can like piece this together. She and probably was, has perfect pitch or something, too. I think she's, she's just good. a savant I, 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 or yeah. a polymath or whatever. Yeah. Those uh, people are It's It's insane. funny with pianos. Piano's so different. Like I know enough piano that I can write really dumb, stupid stuff. But it's like when it comes to live performance, I, I, it's it's a lot. It's yeah. super difficult. Like as a guitar player, you're kind of taught for a long time to kind of synchronize your left and right hand to the movement. And then as a when I was learning piano a while back, it's like you almost like you have to decouple them. Where yeah, like you're so playing one part on your left. I've had this argument right. for most of my life about piano playing versus guitar playing so and how hard. you have to split your brain. My counter to that argument is that although on piano you're playing a bass rhythm, and then you're doing a, a melody, arguably left and right. On guitar, you're playing like a rhythm, but when you sing, same thing. Yep. 
because all of a sudden now that's you're splitting your brain because you got to keep that rhythm keep those that's, things going it's tough to do and then you got to sing which is exactly the same neurologically i think as a, like a, a bass rhythm on piano mixed with a melody it's like it's like muscle memory and like once you like decouple things like i remember for a while sitting trying to learn like Coheed and Cambria songs on guitar yeah. and try and sing it was probably Great a, band. probably a tough one to start trying to learn and to sing and play yeah. but uh, I remember like just I'm like how do people do this and now it's like with if, if like the cover set if like a mic goes down or something happens you know I can hop in and whatever I'm playing hop in and do backing vocals on and regardless yeah. of what what's playing it eventually just it, it's hard I don't even I can't even tell you when it clicked but at some point it just clicked you know and it was just like okay I I kind of get yeah. it now the um, the hardest thing in drumming arguably is four-way independence between your limbs when you hear like yeah, normal, no, I, I know what drummers go through i yeah. actually tried to drum for a long time and it's kind of gave it up usually it's like i mean in like <laughs> i heard chris adler blame god and uh, yeah like, good. chris is like, insane i'm done well like i mean <laughs> d don't get me wrong like those those metal guys are like like their precision their speed it's it's all yeah. incredible and there are, but there are, and there are some who do like but there's like these like jazz fusion drummers that are doing the most insane polyrhythms. But then you do get these crazy metal guys that are doing these polyrhythms. And that to me is like the hardest stuff. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, and like, you can look up this dude named like Eloy Casagrande. Um, I, forget which, I yeah. forget which band he's in. You'd know the band if I remembered it. But like, dude is just an absolute monster. But like, even yeah. like, like, I, I have like in my head. Or I've like attempted to just like sing a couple notes while while keeping a very basic drum beat yeah. falls apart. It's like to so to but me like it's a practice. It's something yeah. that you can learn if you try. Yeah, like maybe like an uh, easy like a song. like a Treyu Treyu's got they're they're clean singers. The drummer. Yeah, no, yeah. like it's possible. I've seen like there are some drummers who sing, but it's like Roberts, like you like shout out yeah great, dude yeah he, are, he can do it while he's drumming he can do it. But then it's so to me it's like okay four if four limbs is hard, yeah. but on the piano. It's eleven because you got your right foot on the pedal, and then you got ten fingers. Yeah. So and if you're sitting, I'm sorry, eleven's harder than four. Maybe <laughs> to me at least. I mean, I, I think it depends what you what you also what you first learn on is is a huge thing too. Because I, yeah. I, I I've talked to a lot of people who started on piano and moved to guitar, or people that are the other way around, where it's like you start on guitar and move to whatever instrument. And I think whatever you first learn is kind of how you start visualizing music. Um, like when I when I look at the look at a piano, I, I try and kind of visualize it almost like I would a fretboard, just kind of like you know yeah. um, scattered out. And it, it's real interesting depending what order you learn, just how how people visualize music as a whole. Um, it's it, yeah. it's wild. I mean, the formative instrument definitely shapes it. Yep. And at this point, we took another break. Actually, this could be a fun way to end this. So, like, um, back really during the heavy quarantine days, when, like, you really weren't allowed to go outside, I uh, kind of de developed, like, a, uh, a series of questions for people. And I used to ask these rapid fire. Okay. So you didn't have, like, time to really right. develop your answers. Kind of, like, real quick one. So right. I'll give you this. Do you want to see that rapid fire, or do you want to just... I think rapid fire. Let's do rapid fire. Let's rapid fire. Yeah. All right. So here we go. Rapid fire questions with Crashing Atlas. Um, of course, the first question is beer, weed, weed, beer. Jameson Jack. 
Jameson. Jameson. Xbox, PlayStation. PlayStation. PC. But I'd, I'd probably go PlayStation. Okay. Yeah, or, I mean, or PC. Yeah, sure. I, I'm yeah. a PC. A re- reasonable answer, yeah, yeah. for sure. Uh, Taco Bell, McDonald's. <laughs> Some tough questions here, man. Especially coming from you. You know what? <laughs> God, I because of your choose. song, I'm picking Taco Bell. You know what? You. If I were young, like, like I will, like I will go. I, okay, there is the quote: "The always delicious Taco Bell." There you but go. You know what? Getting older, I think I'm gonna slide into that McDonald's. I watched mm. Paul eat five McDonald's apple pies in <laughs> way too soon. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna go with McDonald's in this one. Right, I'll go Taco Bell. All right, sweet. Uh, iPhone, Android. iPhone, Android. Reluctantly, iPhone. You guys are splitting down the middle. Yeah, right? It's kind of funny. Yeah. Hopefully, you've been playing this. Uh, dogs, cats. Dogs, cats. I got two at home. I'm allergic. Shout out, Axel. You slash. Guys, we got you might as well just. I like cats just fine. I'm just allergic. You guys so might as well tie the knot, man. You're like we, perfect we got, opposites. Got, yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah. you, you you like olives? I'm assuming, Nick. Ew. Yeah, oh, well, I hate them too. So oh. I hate them too. Then we can't. Uh, Black coffee or creamer? Black. A little bit of cream. Not too much. Yeah, we're still we're still holding strong here. Yeah. Um, online or store shopping? Online. I'm going online. Yeah, online. Yeah. Yeah. These days. Yeah. I, I can see that. Uh, I'm going to get blasted by particles. All right. Uh, pancakes or waffles? That's a really tough one. I think I... Oh, it's... I think I lean waffle. You're stupid. Mm, but, but French, but French toast might be the winner. Flavors, yo. French I'm, toast, I'll agree. Maybe French, French toast, toast wins. I'm with you on that. I can meet in the middle. Yeah. All right. Uh, ocean or mountains? Ocean. That's the hard one. I'm actually, you know, that's actually, a tough mountain. Uh, actually, shit, dude. dude I, I went to college in the mountains, so like, mm. I'm about that ocean life now. Is know? it like winter or is it summer? I mean, it changes every year. First thing that comes to mind. <laughs> Are you thinking, I want to go out to the mountains or I want to go out to the ocean? Ocean. In this moment. Yeah, if you had to buy a house. Yeah. In this moment, mountains. Right, right now, because it's like kind of cold yeah. and I can go like snowboarding or skiing or something. I'm going yeah. ocean. I just want to sit by the water and drink yeah. beer and play guitar. I'm like a 85% ocean guy, but yeah. 15% of the time I got to get some mountains. You can tell. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I really like skiing uh, and snowboarding, so it's, there's the allure. Rapid it, fire, Paul. We didn't ask that yeah. question. Yeah. Uh, Hitter, Clooney. <laughs> huh? Pitt or Clooney? Brad Pitt or George yeah, Clooney? Brad Pitt. Easy. <laughs> uh, dude, they're both pretty fucking cool. Yeah, I think Brad, Brad Pitt's cool. I'm going off of just, just between like Fight Club and Troy. Yeah. really good. I gotta go Pitt. Even like even like like some more like B-side, like Mr. And, and Mrs. Smith. No, you know where we're going? We're doing the, uh, what's what's that movie, uh, Quentin Tarantino, Inglorious Bastards. Yeah, I'm going Pitt. Okay, yeah, I go with Pitt too. All right, good. Dude, good. You're wising up. Yeah, I think that's that's the move. All right, Stones or or Zepp? Zeppelin. Zeppelin. Ah, I cheer, was never huge cheers, into Stones. Dude, huh? cheers. Hey, no. cheers. Thank you so much for having um, us. You know what? That might. Let's also go. Um, Stones, Beatles. 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 Yeah. Zepp Beatles. Zepp. Zepp. Right, we're all in agreement there. But then Zepp Pink Floyd. Zepp. I still go Zep, but Zep. Pink Floyd. Real I put Pink Floyd right real up close, and then added Limp Biscuit. I think that's. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> you, you gonna really talk down on Fred Durst? He hooked up with Britney Spears. You know what? Let's one up Fred Durst with Kid Rock. There we go. Oh yeah, Kid, Kid Rock or uh, Kid Rock or Limp Biscuit. 
Kid Rock. Limp Biscuit. <sighs> I think Kid Rock. I really don't enjoy Limp Biscuit. It's, <laughs> it's not close for me. <laughs> it's incredible. Um, it's my new favorite question. <laughs> good one though. Good one. Yeah, that's uh, a future ex-girlfriend of mine. She would always play different music, but like way too often, mm. way too often, she would play Limp Bizkit. That's not a real I, thing. I know, no, it's it, like no I, I, I had to talk to her about it. I was like, you know, you play like a lot of Limp Bizkit. Well, what's a comparable band to Nickelback? Like, who you know, would, Pete, Nickel, who would Nickelback? I'm gonna go? Oh, Creed Nickelback and Creed. Here's what the people I like aren't. it. I like it. This is a hot take. Um, I think Nickelback catches a lot of crap for writing four chord songs. I think Green Day writes a lot of three chord songs. But people like Green Day, and I like Green Day. You know, <laughs> where, are we, where, are we, where, are we, where are we splitting the line? I will here? take Green Day over Nickelback. Like, yeah. you, you know, I think a lot of people will. You said Creed or Nickelback? I think that's a Creed fair, Nickelback. I'm going fair fifty-fifty, right? I mean, because of their new album. I people, thought the new album was half people I'm, are going to go Nickelback, half people are going to go Creed. I'm a little I biased think. here because my uncle used to manage Creed. No, no shit. Hmm. And I'll still go Nickelback. Not really. Yeah. I don't know. I'm gonna go Nickelback. Like just Creed. the fact alone that didn't Creed play like some Dallas Cowboys halftime show? It was super cool. I just don't think Creed's didn't that good. Nickelback have that rock star song. That was a great song. I know. I'll have the quesadilla. Like... <laughs> is this like? Is this like that? That Family Guy that skit right. where they all like where they all pretend like all the guys are together and they're like yeah. Barry Manilow, and then they slowly one by one are like, I love Barry Manilow. <laughs> No, I think Nick's the only one who loves Nickelback here. <laughs> I can't hate on them. It's a band. Yeah, I don't, they're Canadian. They I don't, seem nice. I don't despise them, but I'm kind of neutral about them. Our singer Marina actually like loves Nickelback. Yeah, ask that's Marina be about the this. Highlight of this Dude, whole it's, episode. it's I'm actually make sure I, that's most prominently it's, displayed. It's funny because like she really loves like Paramore. She loves like My Chem, but but like she tells oh, me okay. all she tells me all actually, the time. Not. Tells me all the time. She's like Nickelback's it. the it's one cool. for me. I'll take I'll take a finger of whiskey. Yeah, uh, it's and it's weird too. It's like Marina loves Nickelback, but then Doug hates them. I don't get it. I know it. it's weird. Kidding. Like here's people. my thing with Nickelback. I feel like Nickelback gets the same treatment that Guy Fieri does. All I can tell is Nickelback just wrote music. They're Canadians. They're nice guy. Guy Fieri's not Canadian, but what has Guy Fieri ever done to anyone? Guy Fieri's a nice guy. I feel like the singer of Nickelback doesn't seem like that nice of a guy. I hear he's the least Canadian, dude. Have you ever met a mean Canadian? Yeah. He could be. He just hangs out with mooses and that's drinks maple syrup. Funny. Dude, I love maple syrup. That's the only thing I could taste when I had COVID. That was the one thing. No, I promise you. That's every, the other five-second clip. Dude, the taste? Like, seriously, the, like, everything's taste just, like, went away. And I, I drank Coke, which is, like, full of sugar. I'm like, this tastes like seltzer, sort of, but worse. And then, even though I hate seltzer, too. Um, and then I'm like, wait, why don't I try maple syrup? This is, like, the definition of, like condensed sugar and I can taste it just fine and yeah. I was like please don't let us end the podcast on Paul talking about maple syrup yeah it was, it was my saving grace and I just realized that, um, like, no, maple syrup again, is, is none of this will be included we got 45 seconds we'll, we'll make it work <laughs> <laughs> pick the best one um, back when we were talking about you know more profound things yeah we got some um, good stuff like maple syrup dude I'm gonna profound. real talk I'll probably um, what I'll do is like divide the sections yeah sprinkle the song in and at this point we took another break crashing atlas there's a new album coming out it's gonna be awesome i've listened to snippets that i was privileged to they were they were good 
We'll appreciate it. If you're, but, uh... if you're looking for like, you know, a hard rock album that still has like, you know, a lot of the same elements that you would in a Crashing Atlas album, like, you're yeah. gonna like this. It's the way I see it is it's, you know, a good evolution of the sound while still never losing that like original Crashing Atlas, you know, you know, sound and feel. But it's it's like. It's it's just like a, an evolution of like the band's identity. Yeah, you so know? I, yeah. I think I think one of the things we did was we we took what we thought was kind of unique or catchy about what we were doing, and we wanted to take each individual part to its extremes a little bit. So, yeah, you're gonna have you know there was some synth stuff in the first album. You'll you'll hear more of it here. There's some guitar in the first one. You'll hear even more like heavier stuff. So, I think we're kind of taking things naturally to a little bit uh, wider. So I, I think there's a lot there for whatever kind of music you like, whether it's pop or rock or metal. We had a really interesting philosophy, which I think that, um, which I think you as a songwriter will definitely appreciate, um, as well as just the fans at home. I don't think you have to be a songwriter to care about this. Um, but we had like tiers of importance. Like the number one most important thing was like melody. So, like, yeah. if we were writing a chorus, like, yeah, we could have the most s sick words, but if it doesn't work with the melody, we won't do it. The melody has to come first. So, like, no matter what, even if the lyrics aren't for you, and, you know, lyrics can are often, you know, very subjective, what, what they mean to you, hopefully you can at least hear this and, like, think at least, like, even if the lyrics don't, like, aren't for you, like... This is a sick fucking chorus, anyways. You know, as like when when you think of the voice as a melodic instrument, as a, as opposed to a poetic tool, you should like this. And, and we wanted this to be like as much us as possible. Like, <clears throat> we didn't want anything to feel like absolutely too manufactured, or we wanted this to be like the best rep like representation of what makes us happy and what we enjoy and and all that good stuff. So yeah. we we hope you guys feel that too when you listen to it. Yeah, it's basically going to be the greatest album of all time and that's the uh that's the nick jim bruno that, guarantee yeah, that, that's what i was looking for man cash that in a good a good solid you take that to the bank and thank you again for having us out you know it's always a pleasure like you know seeing you man and hanging out we gotta do this more man you're always welcome and we appreciate and what like, you're doing for musicians too like it's it's something that i think is awesome for like the scene and the music in this area hopefully too it's you know, be I, I always think the coolest thing to hear would be like maybe someone shooting us a message and being like, uh, listening to your music, maybe I really wanted to learn that song guitar and maybe like touch a future like right. generation yeah. of musicians and you know, kind of Powerful, maybe be that right. for, for the next group of people. Yeah, Dude, yeah. Brian Fallon of the uh, the Gaslight Anthem, he always said he never Fantastic man. He never really noticed too much, but like one time someone left him a note on the tour van like under the windshield wiper yeah. and was like hey the, you know these songs meant this to me and he was like that's all you can ask for yeah you know? yeah to, to, to just to have like, an audience that someone wants to listen to us that's yeah. still like we talk about this in the group chat all the time like you know spotify seems like those end of year how many who'd you listen to how many streams you had like yeah so bands get one too as i'm sure any music fan has seen and then uh I don't know, we get to see like how many people listen to us and like always in the group chat we're like just incredibly thankful to have people that care about what we have to say or care about what we create. So if you're anyone that supported or shared a video, like thank you from the bottom of our hearts. Yeah. It's like shocking seeing those yeah. numbers. We're like, huh? For now us? you guys have uh, millions of views at this point. 
Yeah, I, honestly, if, I, if there was even if I saw even one or ten or something, I'd still be like, I, it's wild. Yeah. Like, it's yeah. like someone yeah. is spending their time listening to us over any other band, and that, that might be why it like took us so long to kind of like really get this album. And hopefully, you guys know that we're always like, oh, it's coming soon, it's coming soon. But uh, it's because we're really working on making it like the best thing it can be. Yeah, yeah you guys still care, man. Yeah, man. In a classical way. Yeah. We just want to make something awesome that the fans will like, that we can be proud of, that everyone's going to jam to, and we can just have a good time with it. I mean, Even if we had like no listeners, I'd still be like... I mean, if you ever heard of uh, the LA Beast, you could be like him, where he eat, he just eats five pounds of sugar, sugar-free gummy bears on that camera. That guy, I was thinking he's an animal, but he's a beast. Yeah. So, like, like for me, it's like, I, why would I eat five pounds of gummy bears when I can just make music? Yeah. Shout out to the Alley Beast, though. He's one of my favorite YouTubers. Shout out to Gummy Bears, one of my favorite candy. But not uh-huh. the sugar-free kind. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, if you guys want to check us out, um, we search us on uh, Facebook at Crashing Atlas. Uh, we're on Instagram. We're on YouTube. Follow us, like us, shoot us a message. We'd love to hear from you guys. Merch store, all that good stuff. Merch link in bio. Isn't that what everyone says on YouTube? Yeah, merch link in bio. <laughs> oh. Don't forget to click the notification bell and subscribe. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>